the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Walking out of the hospital and nobody was stopping us. You can't think, surely somebody should... We haven't got a clue what we're doing with this child. And I got in the car and I drove home, I think, at 15 miles an hour. I was so concerned with this baby life in the back. And it's amazing, it's kind of this tiny little baby you have. And now suddenly my kids are this age and they're kind of running around in school uniform. The first kind of um, thing is this, that the days are long, but the years are short. There are certain days for parents when the day feels so long. Uh, where like you can't think surely now it's almost bedtime look at your watch it's two in the afternoon thinking oh (laughs) there's so many hours still to go but also the years are short actually the years do fly by and I guess the challenge I want to explore this morning is actually how do we as the church really invest in those kids who are part of this community how do we really inspire them actually if you want to see them uh, become great men and women of God what are we going to speak in and speak over their lives in these early years. There's a, a verse in Proverbs 22, verse six says this. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now, it isn't a guarantee. It isn't, you know, if you listen in the first few years, it's a guarantee they're definitely gonna end up like this. It doesn't always work that way. There's a, a value here. That what we speak over our children's lives, what we speak into their lives will impact who they become. Both me and my brother um, grew up in a church family. My dad was a Methodist minister, and both of us rebelled a lot in our teenage years. But I think there was something that was spoken over us as a, as a kid that we can never quite fully get rid of. There were some things we discovered as children which, had, which we couldn't quite ignore, and actually, both of us ended up coming back to faith. So, the challenge is this is what are we going to speak over our kids? I want to look at this passage in Deuteronomy 6 uh, this morning. And it's a, it's a fascinating passage because you have this story as Moses is with the people and he's about to leave the Israelites. They've had this amazing journey 40 years through the wilderness. They're now in a place called Moab, there's nice kind of rolling green hills. And Moses gives these three speeches in Deuteronomy. And he's really concerned at this time that he's about to leave the people and he's concerned they're going to forget who God is. They've seen God do some incredible things that escape from Egypt through the Red Sea. They've seen God provide manna from heaven. They've seen God give them the Ten Commandments. These incredible stories. And now Moses is about to leave the people and he's very concerned they're going to forget to pass on these truths about God. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4, it begins with the Shema, which obviously is a good little book. Yeah. <laughs> Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses 
and on your gates. So the people were about to say goodbye to Moses. They were about to enter the promised land, but suddenly everything was about to change. In the promised land, things are going to be so, so different because they're no longer going to be like a nomad people who would relate to God in this way. Things are going to be different. They had their own land. It'd be a land with actually foreign gods. How are they going to remember who God was in this foreign territory? There were all these challenges for them to do. And in this mix, Moses reminds them to, to hold on to these commands and to pass them on to the next generation. Um, I find that being a parent is two things. It is a real privilege being a parent. I get to see my kids grow up and uh, take their first steps. And I get to see my kids try and learn how to ride a bicycle for the first time or a scooter. It's a real privilege. But it's also a real responsibility. That what I speak over my kids, what I share with my kids, will shape how they see the world. That's a massive responsibility. But it isn't just for us as parents, but actually as the church, we all have this privilege of seeing kids grow up in church, but also this responsibility that actually what we speak over, what we speak into their lives will shape how they see the world. And the first important thing to remember as you're looking at this passage is, what is it that we want our kids to know about God? I kind of quite put down there is knowing the why. Knowing why is it we want to inspire them about the things of God. My uh, youngest is a massive fan of bouncy castles. Anybody else here like bouncy castles? Yeah. About half of us. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great event next time. You could bring a bouncy castle here and we could have. Uh, 50% of us could have a great time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, my youngest, uh, we drive in past this quite uh, notoriously rough pub. And there's a bouncy castle in the garden. And she sees the bouncy castle, like, Daddy, bouncy castle, bouncy castle. I'm like, ah. Oh bit of a dodgy pub but yeah okay we'll pull in <laughs> being the good parent I am okay we'll, I'll watch you bounce for a little bit and then, then we'll go again okay so she's like about two years old at the time she takes off her shoes runs over the bouncy castle climbs on and this really angry looking kind of nine year old goes no girls allowed his voice was broken and everything was quite scary <laughs> and my daughter's face is like mm. as she kind of sees this boy she kind of climbs down walks over to me and says daddy that boy says I, I can't go on the bouncy castle I'm like of course you can girls can go on the bouncy castle as well for sure let me come and stand to one side and, and, and just go on again and I'll watch over you so she walks back up to the bouncy castle climbs back on walks straight up to this eight year old and goes that's my daddy <laughs> and starts bouncing <laughs> and for me there's something really beautiful about that picture in that she had this real sense of confidence because she knew that I was just there next to her and I guess inspiring our kids in faith there are a whole bunch of reasons why we want our kids to know who God is but part of it is about them actually knowing they have a father in heaven who loves them and who cares for them and who is ever present actually he's with them he's for them they can have confidence in what they face in life whether it be really angry looking eight year old boys or what they all face in life that actually God is with them God is for them in that space there you might want to put down what is your why why is it that you want kids in this church, your own kids that have a faith in God it could be that they might know God's faithfulness it could be a sense of not having a fear of death, that actually death is not the final curtain, it could be that they make good life choices, good moral decisions they have a sense of truth, but it could be simply this, that they will know that they are loved the people in this passage 
were told to remember who God was. God had been faithful in their journey. He was with them and he was for them. And he had made these promises over them as a people. So what's interesting about the passage, the second thing is this, is that actually the commission isn't to Joshua. It doesn't say, Joshua, you're the next leader. Your job is to make sure these people don't forget who I am and who God is. He doesn't give it to Joshua. He doesn't give it to the Levites, the priests. He gives it to the people. The commission to the community is this, impress them on your children. And just as Moses didn't give that command to the Levites, the kind of the priestly order, he gave it to all the people. And the danger is that sometimes we can think that the passing on of faith isn't really our job. It's what happens here on a Sunday morning and that's it. But the truth is, we can never fully share and communicate the depth of the Christian faith in a one hour a week in there. It would be great what happens in there, but that isn't it. In a classroom setting, a one hour a week, we can't share the enormity of the gospel. It gets shared in the everyday of life. We want to share not just some truths, but we want to share actually how we live out our faith in the day-to-day of life. So the first thing is the why. The second thing is this idea of the commission to the community. They were to, to pass on the baton of faith to the next generation. But then there are three excuses that parents and people in church often have when it comes to passing on faith. The first thing is this. I'm just too busy. We're all pretty busy because we live in London. Uh, I find that a certain time in London, I, I flush the loop before going to the loop, sort of save me time. Did that ever be that? Well, just me there, you. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um, not Jacob. Yeah. But we are, we're busy people in London, okay? And I think, uh, particularly parents, you end up with this massive pile of laundry that never quite gets finished. And the kitchen is always messed somewhere. There's always nappies to be changed or something. There's always so much to be done. We can feel, I'm just too busy. I can't take on this challenge of passing on faith as well. And yet, what I love about this passage as we explore in a moment's time, it isn't about lots of new things, it's about the everyday of life. The second excuse we have is this. is actually, I'm not professional enough. I don't know enough. My life is not perfect enough. A few years ago, a couple of years ago now, I took my kids to go and see a theatre show, and we were about to go into the show, and I discovered that it was for age uh, three plus. And at the time, my daughter was a two. And I think, oh no, if we get to this place now, she can't get in, she is going to throw a temper tantrum on the floor, it's going to be horrific. My eldest kid can't go. So we got this lady on the door, and I said, oh yeah, she's three. I lied, this lady. And at that point, my daughter looked up and went, no, she's not. That's a lie. And they're going, oh, oh. it's a really awkward moment trying to explain to this lady. Oh, no, she's a very small three-year-old. And my daughter, oh, no, you don't know your kid's eight yet. It's a very awkward moment. Um, we know, I think, actually, as people, but also as parents, that actually we so fall short of the kind of standard we set for ourselves. We make mistakes. And our kids see the mistakes that we make. It's one thing, well, actually, I'm disqualified. I can't do this. I'm not a perfect parent. I'm not a perfect Christian. But the good news is that God doesn't use just perfect parents because they don't exist. <laughs> and God doesn't use just perfect Christians because they don't exist either. But actually, we all have a role to play. It isn't just about professionals. I mean, I think um, in most of our society now, we look for professionals. So, again, another example is um, my kids wanted to learn how to do ballet. And so I did what any good dad would do. 
I watched some YouTube videos on ballet. <laughs> and so like kids, it's easy, you look like, you do this, happy toes, sad toes. And I, I kind of learned a few bits, then after that I kind of got very stuck and um, I now do a dance class because I got a professional to teach them. I guess the same we can think is true of the Christian faith. We need to find a professional who's got a PhD in theology who can pass these things on to the kids. It's not really our job. But actually, we all have something to share about who God is. About sharing from our experience of knowing God's faithfulness or knowing God's love in our own lives. And the third excuse is perhaps we don't want to pressurise our kids. And it's good, we don't want to pressurise our kids. But actually, what we speak over our kids in those early years is really important. And if we do not begin to try and disciple the children in this church, then they're going to get discipled in the school playground. Or what they see on social media, that will impact how they view themselves and their self-worth. We have a challenge as the church to be intentional. The commission of the community is to impress these things on our children. Busyness is not a good enough excuse. Being a professional is not a good enough excuse. The fear of pressurising our kids is not a good enough excuse. We all have a role in the dates they're passing things on. And for me, it's a really important line here in verse 6. These commandments that I have given you today are to be on your hearts. That really begins by living it out in our own lives. And I think I've found that actually as a parent, life has been quite hectic. And for a whole season, I guess, my own walk with God really diminished. And that I was failing to spend enough time with God myself. Um, I was really challenged that actually some of the rhythms I had weren't working anymore when I used to kind of, kind of gradually wake up and, and read from the Word of God and have a nice little time. And now I've got kids just jumping on me and, and you know, things to do. And it's like, oh gosh, I can't do this anymore. But how do you define new rhythms for how we do our relationship with God? In the different seasons of life, there were new ways to engage. One thing we've done recently is bought a new chair. You might think, right, that's a really wise thing to do for your Christian faith, but we have this chair in our lounge, and the idea is we're just trying to spend some time each day sat in this chair, just resting in God and saying, God, just remind me again of who I am and of who you are. So actually as I'm living out my life, I'm, I'm just centred again on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. The wife shares a very kind thing. Often we have 10 minutes in the chair, and for nine minutes and 57 seconds, you keep thinking about other stuff. <laughs> but just those three seconds at the end when you're reminded again of actually who God is and who you are. Because it's about creating new rhythms. I did the drastic thing of even deleting Facebook from my phone to try and make sure I read the Bible more on my phone rather than just scrolling through Facebook. The idea of making the invisible visible. That for our kids, we might say, I'm off to have a time with the Lord and close our door behind them. But actually, we to be honest and show them what our faith in God looks like. Very practically for me, I often pray short prayers in my head. I've begun to try and pray them out loud so that my kids see that actually prayer isn't what happens here on Sunday morning, but it happens throughout my life. I can bring anything to God, all the little things of life I can bring to God and I can say thank you for the car parking space. Like it's actually, God, we're going to pray for our friends who are sick right now. Actually, we're going we're to pray this works out. We're going to pray for you as you go to school making the invisible visible. And the last thing is about this passage is that it's about the beauty of the everyday. Uh, I love that it isn't just about special occasions or special feasts, but Moses commands the people to pass these things on in the everyday of life. I've rewritten these verses. So it reads like this. Teach them to your children talking about them when you sit at home watching Paw Patrol. 
or helping with maths homework. And when you walk to Tesco's to go and get milk. And when you go through the bedtime routine and when your child jumps into your bed at 6.30 in the morning. It's the idea about the every day of life. And it continues in this idea in verse, um, verse 8 and 9 of tying these kind of boxes, the Jewish people tie these boxes to them now to have the word of God actually kind of uh, in little kind of uh, boxes on the, on the side of them and on their heads as well. But actually, how do you make the, the word of God visible around our homes, around our lives? And the idea of door frames that actually almost in the times of transition, the things we pass as we go through life, we have this moment to remember again who God is. But really, it is about the everyday, passing on the bat, inspiring faith in the everyday. And there are four things I'm trying to intentionally do. First thing, I'm trying to intentionally pray. I often pray for my kids, but I want to pray more with my kids. And so I've created different habits. We do often do high five prayers at night time. We'll do kind of five high fives, things we can thank God for. But actually, if you're not a parent, what can you do to actually demonstrate prayer with the kids that you see in this church, the kids in your community, the kids in your area? How can you make prayer something you intentionally try and do? The second thing is about the Bible. All my kids know the Bible isn't just a list of rules and regulations. But it's a story that shows us who God is and really who we are. That it's in the Bible we discover the kind of fullness of who God is. And then, so again, what is it I can do to help unpack scripture with my kids? So do a variety of things. So um, for a whole season, I used to kind of recreate our lounge into a boat with sails and kind of do the kind of climbing with a storm for the kids. They used to get quite scared when the storm really kicked off. Um, there were different things at different times. Maybe reading a piece of scripture from a hilltop as you think about the Sermon on the Mount. Or perhaps buying the kids the first lot of Bible notes and let's listen to them read out loud for the first time those words from scripture. Help them discover actually how these words impact how they live today as well. My question to ask as you're reading a story with me is, what do you think God feels about this story? What do you think this could challenge how we live our lives today? Heaven what kids understand this book isn't just some historic relic, but actually it speaks into our lives in the here and now. The third thing is about having more God conversations. That often I, I'm, I'm, I'm whizzing through life, I need to slow things down and create space to talk about the things of God with my kids. Walking to nursery recently, we walked past this tree and there were all these ants going up and down this tree. I was rushing to nursery and my daughter goes, wow, look at these ants. I'm like, no, no, we're late for nursery. And I, I said, no, I actually stopped. So we stopped and watched this kind of army of ants walking up and down this tree. She had all these kind of great questions like, Daddy, uh, what do ants eat? I've got no idea what ants eat. <laughs> but this whole kind of thing of just looking for and actually talking about ants and talking about God's creation began a real good conversation about God, who is the creator of all things. Having more God conversations, even if it's about watching Paw Patrol. And the fourth thing, I guess, is about demonstrating to my kids that the Christian faith is an adventure that we live. It isn't just a, a club we belong to. It's this adventure we get to be involved in changing the world, in shaping history. Our kids pick up on what we're passionate about. If you're passionate about Chinese food or you're passionate about the X Factor, they pick up on those things. But do they pick up on the way we're passionate about our faith? In what ways are we showing our kids that the Christian faith is an adventure to live? About how we welcome other people, how we live generous lives, how we speak out about what is true, 
how we take risks for the good news of Jesus. Those four questions are the ones I'm thinking about regularly. So that can be intentionally praying, intentionally engaging with scripture, having more God conversations, and actually demonstrating to my kids that the Christian faith is the best way to live our lives because it is the greatest adventure wrapped up in God's story. Maybe some of us here who are parents, some of us as part of this Christian community, whoever we are, we all have a role in inspiring the next generation. What we speak into our lives, what we speak over our children's lives will impact who they become. It might be cheeky monkeys now. We don't want brutal gorillas. We want to discover what it is to be known by God, to be loved by God, and to live for God. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this ancient passage from Deuteronomy, those words that Moses spoke all those years ago. And right now, God, would you remind us again of why we want to pass on this baton of faith? Would you remind us again in this moment of your faithfulness and your goodness and your love? And Father, we thank you that you choose to use us as ordinary people in, in passing on this battle of faith. That it isn't just about what happens here on a Sunday morning, but actually with all of our lives, we have the opportunity to partner with you and inspiring faith in the children around us. Father, may we be more intentional in the everyday of life to look for opportunities to share more of who you are with the kids around us. Inspire us, God, to, to pray in those moments, to engage with your story in scripture, to have more conversations that touch on the deeper things about who you are. And may we live out an adventure before our kids and they see what it is to know you and to love you. Father, we pray for the kids next door right now and all the kids linked to this church that as they grow up, as they grow older, they would know no matter what they face in life, they can say, that's my daddy that you are with them, that you are for them, and that you love them. Use us in this task, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.